Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in today to my ministry, Song, Scripture, and My Thoughts. Today is October 17th, 2023. Today's scripture will be found in the book of Revelation. We are continuing reading in the book of Revelation and we are on chapter 4. I do want to recap a couple of verses from chapter 3 which are found in Revelation 3, verse 4, and verse 19. Verse 4, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white. I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Such a simple instruction from our Lord. He who overcomes. He who overcomes. He's going to clothe in white. Because he, Jesus, who is God, he came down from heaven to be born of the Virgin Mary. God himself came down from the throne room of God to be born of the Virgin Mary. And his sole purpose really was to be the last and final lamb of God that would be sacrificed for you and me. So when he hung on that cross and that, that blood atones our, t our sins if we believe on him. If we believe that that is why he came down from heaven to be the last sacrifice once for all so our sins could be forgiven. Are you worthy? Am I worthy? No one is worthy but by the grace of God, by his loving kindness and mercy, we that overcome or those that will overcome, he clothes in white. So, our, because our sins have been forgiven and he does not blot our names out of the book of life. There's a couple of scriptures in, well, in, in the Holy Bible that speak of, well, Jesus says, I will not blot your name out. I will not erase your name out. If you prove to be my child, if, if you are my child, I will not blot you out. If you overcome, I will not blot you out. Uh, verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And anyone who hears my voice, anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in 
to him and dine with him and he with me. He says, I will come into him. His spirit, the Holy Spirit, will come in. And once he does, he sanctifies us. He sets us apart and makes us holy. We can't do it in our own strength, but once he comes in to remind us what you're doing is wrong, so don't do it. He starts cleaning us up, but we don't have to be entirely clean in order for him to not blot our names out because he's working on us. Remember, I've always said all along, I've said all along that he will not leave us nor forsake us. He doesn't expect us to be clean on the spot because that's his job to do so. But he reminds those that believe on him that have op that when he's knocking on the door and we let him in to dine in us, to come into our hearts, he creates in us a new heart. And even though, because our memories, we know what we've done, but he says, you are forgiven of that. Now, walk with me, be zealous for me, and repent, therefore, repent. And then he will do the rest. We can't beat ourselves up for messing up. Although we can't see our clothes are, are white, he has wiped away our sins and he is continually working on us. But when we love him so much, we don't want to sin. Because when he creates in us a new heart, when he creates a new creation, remember where the old, the old self dies, with Jesus, the old self dies. His blood atones for our sins. We are forgiven, but he says, be zealous and repent. You must repent. So I want, I pray that God opens up all of our ears to hear about the throne room of heaven where he sits, the majesty the glory of our God, the description of our God. That's the God that we serve. So let's read. Let's read. Oh, let's read about where he sits. The throne room of heaven. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place. I want to pause right there. After these things, after he speaks and tells John what to write about, what to tell the churches of what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong, and and he says, repent, 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 repent. After these things, he says, I looked and behold, 
Behold, can you imagine, a door standing in heaven. And the, vo and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me. Now remember, let's turn back to, to uh, Revelation 1, where he says, Sorry, let me let me find it. I turn uh, verse chapter one verse. Oh, this is a new Bible, and the verse numbers are so small that I can't ever find them. Uh, Twelve. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of God, clothed with a garment down to his feet, girded. This is Jesus who is speaking to him in the beginning of the of chapter 4. He's the same thunderous voice that John had, had heard and seen from chapter 1. And he says, come up here and I will show you things which must take place. But I want to touch a little bit on the door standing open in heaven. I'm currently in the book of Genesis, and I'm considering reading Genesis and Revelation because there I find similarities as I read. And when Jacob, when he was first, he had to leave uh, his brother, his evil brother, because his evil brother was trying to kill him, and he had to leave. And he sets up a, he lays down on a stone in Bethel because he's, he has a dream and he sees, he sees the, I'm trying to find it here, the door of, the door of heaven. Let's see, Genesis, Genesis chapter 28 verse 13 and behold the Lord stood no I want to go, go up one okay verse 11 so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached the heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east and then he goes on to say and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed behold i am with you and will keep you wherever you go and then jacob who's later on named israel he says in verse 17 how awesome is this place this is none other than the house of god and this is the gate of heaven. 
And then he says in verse 19, verse 22, And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Pause. So when Jacob is on his journey, he, he stays the night here. And he has a dream of the door of heaven angels descending and ascending on the ladder and this this place Jacob names Bethel which later on is renamed to Bethlehem well this is the place where when God comes down from heaven to be born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem it's just also powerful because all, all of the Bible just connects. But when we read about the throne room of heaven, in verse 2, Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Remember, God is one. One sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Pause. So we've got one sitting on the throne. And what a beautiful scene in heaven, right? This scene in heaven, I believe, Ezekiel also sees this glorious throne room. I'm not going to go back and find that, but this isn't the first time heaven is described. And the appearance, how beautiful, because we are seeing, we can't even begin to, see, to imagine the colors that we're seeing here, that John is seeing here. I don't know if you've ever been to Hawaii, perhaps you live there, but the first time that I ever saw the beautiful flowers in Hawaii, I, I was just, I couldn't get over the beauty of the vibrant colors. And no eye has seen, no eye has seen what he has prepared for us. So I can't even imagine how beautiful these colors were. Beautiful, beautiful, no eye has seen. And I just love how he throws in the rainbow, the first covenant, <laughs> where with uh, Noah, he says, to remind me and you of the covenant that I will never flood the earth again, I will put my rainbow in the sky. And when we see a rainbow, we're in awe of it, right? Because we know, uh, those of us that, that believe in him and know of him, know him personally, we know what that means. 
And here he's got an, uh, a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. And this is emerald that we, can you just imagine the beauty of it? The beauty of it. And then he goes on to say there's 24 thrones. And on the thrones, he sees 24 elders sitting. There's a lot of speculation as to who these people are. I tend to believe that they're a representation of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the 12 sons of Israel and the 12 apostles. Could be, could be not, but whoever they are, they're kings because they're wearing crowns. And this signifies, later on we're going to hear them praising God. Because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is their king. He is our king. And then the seven spirits that represent God, the Holy Spirit. Now we can't see the Holy Spirit. But now my eyes are opened because I know that we have a Holy Spirit. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and we repent from our sin and we walk with God, we take up our cross and walk with God, the Holy Spirit of God enters us. But the seven spirits of God represents the Holy Spirit of God. And so I believe John was seeing the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he was seeing the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is seven spirits of God. How beautiful is that sight? Later on, we're going to read about the Lamb of God. So the throne room has all three, and they are one God. But when John walks into the throne room, he sees one that sat on the throne. God. Verse 6, before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to God, thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Pause. This is the end of chapter 4. Oh, can't wait to read chapter 5. What a scene in heaven. It's not a dull moment there, is there? Even the, the uh, 
there's thunderings and lightnings and voices and fire burning before the throne. And then there was a sea of glass like crystal. So it looked still. Remember in the beginning, God parts the waters and the top waters go to heaven and the bottom waters remain and he, he scoots those over to be seas. So John is seeing the sea of glass like crystal. But I can just imagine it's still, but below, but he could see under was living water. Oh, how beautiful, how beautiful that scene must have been. And John knows who he's seeing. And he doesn't run to his friend when he sees him in, in the midst of the seven lampstands. In fact, he falls on his face because he's awestruck. And he has just seen the face of God. And, and he faints. And, and Jesus has to set his hand on his shoulder, tells him not to be afraid. So John hadn't seen his friend. Remember, he is the apostle whom Jesus loved. And he hadn't seen his friend for, for years. And he didn't run to him. He knew who he was. He, he, he couldn't He's, because he was seeing the face of God. Even though he knew that when Jesus came down from heaven to be born, that he was God, he looked like a man. And the man, Jesus, he, he, he goes back into heaven. He ascends back into heaven on the cloud. He leaves looking like a man and he sits at the right hand of God. He is God, the oneness of God. But he came down to be born human. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. And we must believe on him. We're going to read in the next chapter about who can open the seal. Only one, the Lamb of God. We have to understand who he is. We have to believe on him. Because he came down to save us. To save us from ourselves. Constant battle between flesh and spirit. Guys, we've got to be ready. Our souls have to be ready. So if you're having trouble sinning, stop. Remember who you're serving. Remember the one described on the throne in all his glory and majesty. We serve such a God. There's no love like the God that we serve who comes down to be born for us so we could be forgiven. So beautiful, so beautiful. There were many songs, you know, and I was like, Lord, which song? And of course, the one that came to mind was Hymn of Heaven, but there are so many songs that speak to who he is, right? There's so many songs. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come when he comes back. He's not going to look like the man Jesus. He's 
He's God after all. But we get to see a glimpse through the eyes of the Apostle John. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. I know chapters 1 and 2 and Jesus is telling John to write to the, the churches. I said some, I, 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 well, you're not going to find too many people that have the guts to say Jesus's words. But I want you to know that we have to see what he wrote because it doesn't just apply to the seven churches that were there at the time because this book is forever. It never dies. This, this, this Bible, this precious Bible is a living, active word of God. There's power when you open it up. I don't know if you listened to my testimony about the Mormons where God, he, he, he works through me in a rhythm and he showed me how, how much the Mormons are just so, in, so wrong in their belief. And at the end of my testimony, I, I speak about the chiropractor's wife who was a Mormon. I don't really want to go into the entire testimony. If you want to listen to it, go ahead. I, uh, it's, it's not the um, most articulate <laughs> testimony, but I tried to get every, everything that I remember in it. His wife, he married into Mormonism and he, uh, just because he, he had to go to these, these classes to be taught about that religion and he, he said, oh my gosh, they, they are wrong, wrong, wrong. No, I can't be a Mormon. Get out of that, it's false. Where Jesus and Satan are brothers and there's no Holy Spirit and it's just all false. Well then now he's married to a Mormon. So now he has to try to save his wife because now he's in a, um, he's not an equally yoked marriage. So he buys all these books and, and it takes an open one. But finally she got so, so fed up with him telling her to open a book that she opened up the Holy Bible. Because all he was asking her to do was open up the Holy Bible. I'm not asking you to read it. I'm just asking you to open it. And she finally opened it. And this is how marvelous our God is. He instantly converted her. Just like that. She became born again. And you know what she said? She put her hands on her chest. She said, I can breathe. I can breathe. I can breathe. It's like a weight has been lifted off of my chest. The demons had been broken off. She was free. And when Jesus sets someone free, you are free indeed. Free indeed. And, and the chiropractor was just amazed by it because, you know, he was praying. His wife had been born into that religion, just and they, they drill it into your head what their beliefs are. And there's there's that much power in the Word of God, guys. Open it up. There's power in reading the Word of God, and we need to know Scripture to fight off evil and the demonic 
just like Jesus did. He spoke the word of God to the devil after John the Baptist baptizes Jesus in the water. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he said to the tempter, he spoke the word of God to the devil. That's what we need to do. Because these demons, the devil, they're relentless. They want us to follow them. And just as the devil himself tried to tempt Jesus to follow the devil as if. Jesus rebuked him and he spoke the word of God. The word of God to the devil. And the devil left. Left him. That's what we need to do. It's just, it's so important to get into the Word of God and, and memorize. Where if you read, I can't express it enough, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the, the Bible, all of the Bible is God-breathed. Well, you can recall, oh, I read that in Scripture, and you might not have it memorized completely, but you know, you know you read it. Sometimes I would think that I didn't know enough scripture, but man, it pops into my head at the, at the right time. Psalm 23 is a really great psalm to memorize. The prayer, the Our Father, when the apostles asked Jesus, how do we pray? He said, pray like this, the Our Father. Put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God so you're not tempted to do what the devil is speaking into your ear, speaking into your life, to follow him. Don't follow the tempter. Don't follow evil. He who overcomes, they will be given white clothing, white garments. And he says, they shall walk with me in white. I just love that. He tells us, he who overcomes. He also says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. He's always saying, he who overcomes. I will, he also says, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. Praise the Lord. In Isaiah, or excuse me, Ezekiel 30, 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. Pause. That's just so beautiful. Once 
because remember, God stands at the door and knocks, and if you let him in, he will come into you, his spirit indwells you then. And he will teach you his ways, and he will help you be an overcomer. He will help you to be on the right path and stay on the right path and follow his statutes and his commandments. And I know I said this early on in the message, but we, if we love him, we will not want to live in sin. The Holy Spirit, as he helped me, he will help you sanctify you grow your faith that's what he is doing for us he's teaching us about jesus the son of god he's teaching us how to overcome he's teaching us that we need to repent he's teaching us he is our he is the counselor He's teaching us about the way, the truth, and the life. And we no longer have a heart of stone, but we have a heart of flesh. And Jesus Christ, his spirit. Remember the description of the Holy Spirit, the seven spirits of God are fire. He refines us. He puts us through the refiner's fire. I recently had a conversation with a relative. And I was telling him the testimony of the Mormon. Again, I've already given that testimony. But I was giving him, sharing the testimony. Because when God gives us a testimony, when he works through us, when he does good work in us, when he shows us something, we have to share it. Even if it's tiny or big, we have to share the, these testimonies. And so I was sharing it with him. Because my goal is if, every time I see him is I want him to be born again. And he confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. But as I was telling him this testimony of the Mormon the chiropractor's wife, and how when she had opened the Word of God, which was the prayer of the chiropractor, that once she opened it, that the scales would be removed from her eyes, that the, the heart of stone would be removed, and she would receive a heart of flesh born again into God's kingdom, born again. He had been praying, and of course God was working through him for his wife. And she listened, and she opened the Word of God, and the power of the Word of God, because it is a living Word. Living. It's the sword of the Spirit. And she was instantly saved, instantly converted. And he said, it's just a book. No, it's not just a book. Think about it. The, the Bible has been around for a very long time. Very years, thousands, a couple thousand, since Jesus 2,000 years ago. And before then, from the, from the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth. 
and Moses wrote the first five books of the Bibles. This Bible has been around for a long time. It's the most bought book. It's God's book. Nobody can destroy it. Do you think they haven't tried? There's so many against Jesus. You think they haven't tried to get rid of God's word? They can't because it's God's book and it will live forever. Nobody can get rid of it because it's God's book. Jesus Christ is the one that says we have to believe on him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we have to believe everything that he did for us, right? I've already shared all that. But when we open the word of God and start reading about him, he draws closer to us. He gives us information about who he is, who his, who he is, his name, his character, who he is. And when this woman opened up the word of God, that's when the scales fell off her eyes. Sometimes God works like that. Consider the Apostle Paul when he was Saul on the road to Damascus and Jesus met him there. Saul, Saul, why, why are you persecuting me? He instantly became blind and he had scales over his eyes. He, he, God works however he wants to work, right? For this woman, because of the prayer of the chiropractor and just opening the correct Bible, because Mormons, they have their own Bible. They've totally revised the, the Old Testament. Their Bible starts out and God hovered over the earth. They immediately removed the Holy Spirit from, from the Bible. The minute this woman opened up the true Word of God, that's what it took for her to be saved. That's when God started a new work in her, gave her the, again, removed the heart of stone and gave her a heart of flesh. Now, will that work for somebody else? I don't know. Pray for it. The chiropractor was praying that that's all it was going to take. This poor woman, she was shunned by all her family. Because that's what they do. These other doctrines are so extreme that they disown their people. So pray, 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 pray. Read the word of God. The Holy Spirit will show you all, all that you need to know. He will show you. He is so good. I hope that you enjoyed today's message. I might have already said this, that I really fumbled my words in the last message when I was speaking about the uh, warm, the hot, when you're on hot, when you're on fire for the Lord, you're hot for God. And when you're cold, you're, you're an atheist, you don't know God, you have a heart of stone. And when you're lukewarm and you're wishy-washy, still have one foot with the world and one foot with Jesus, he's going to vomit you out. You don't want to be in a lukewarm position. And one way that you can not be in a lukewarm position again is to open up the Word of God and read what he says. Don't count, don't rely on someone else's doctrine and the way 
if they're if they're not mentioning the truth at the pulpit or a friend of yours that is a Christian that is still wishy-washy and is not speaking only God's truth <clears throat> but is still siding with everybody to be a people <clears throat> excuse me sorry to be a people pleaser I always say in Galatians 1 Paul puts it perfectly for am I still trying to be a pleaser of people or of God that might not be exactly what he said but more or less are we still trying to please the people or is our goal to please God? I want to please God. I apologize if I've said things twice. I've had to do the ending to this podcast a second time. And so I may have repeated words. Forgive me for fumbling my words. I want to go ahead and stop here and you may get a, just a few minutes of silence at the end of this podcast because uh, I might not, this recording might not meet go all the way to the end if i don't record over what's on it it's just the what i use as voice memos but anyway uh that's the way it goes i hope that you listen to the song i really do it's a beautiful beautiful song i give all the glory to god i pray that he breathes life into this message because it's him i'm just his vessel i am just his vessel and I've got to not only read the Word of God, but I've got to share what He has put on my heart as the interpretation of what I've read. And that's all I'm doing here is I want to speak truth. I want to speak life. And I want God to use me mightily for His kingdom. He is everything to me. Every. Thing to me. I hope that he's everything to you as well. I hope this message saves somebody out there that the right person listens. Might not be today, might be in the far future, but I pray it changes somebody's heart to want to know the one true God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and the one that's coming back one day. Much love to all. Until next time. Bye.